Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And Kim, flowing on from our previous episode where we were talking about um, a home in Perth with a squatter, we've got another bizarre issue closer to home for you, just around the corner. Mm. Um, a squatter was allowed to stay at an abandoned property after a gambler paid his council rates. What on earth's mm-hmm. going on here? Mm. Well, yeah, I guess you're probably wondering why we're talking about squatters and they're the flavour of the month, but... Yeah, are you, they are, are you pursuing the lucrative squatter market? No, 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 not at all. But what I'm just finding these stories terribly interesting because it just um, it takes a knowledge of property, accounting, the legal system, um, all to the absolute extreme in terms of um, what is allowed, what's not allowed, and it's not just your vanilla covered deal here mm. it's it's just totally out on the edge of the spectrum it highlights that there's a lot of gray in, yeah. in the property market absolutely and you know we've just come today from the um the the, the um office of birth deaths and marriages right so we were actually in the office trying to get the death certificate of the guy that died in this house, right? <laughs> Why? Well. You didn't tell me this in our pre, no, pre-discussion. No, I but I'll tell you now. Um, so what has actually happened is there was a Polish guy who lived in a beautiful old stone home on five acres in the Adelaide Hills. He died. He couldn't speak from what we gather a lot of English, and he mm-hmm. didn't really. He was mo- just kept to himself, right? No records on him anywhere. If you Google, name does not come up. He died. His son then moved into the property. He only lived another five years. He died in the property, right? No will for the sec for the, for the son. So this property sat empty for five years again. Council rates are the only thing that comes up when you've got no debt that cannot go on forever and the council step in at some point and want to recover their money. So this property, interestingly, has been in the media quite a bit because I think it's like the first time ever that an SA council has actually marketed a property in effect to pay reclaim unpaid council rates. So this one's quite interesting because it's different to the one in Perth that we talked about last episode. This one... Um, we don't know who owned the. Uh, we, we, we know who owned it, but we don't know the next of kin. Now, the rules are that if you die and you don't have a will, the next of kin or the cousins and relations or anyone who can establish some sort of family connection to this gentleman that died inherits the property. Well, the court, the court would, yes. would decide. Yeah. Now, but this one's a little bit bizarre because it looks like from our research that the family are all back in Poland and they know nothing about this property. So we were actually in the office today, in the government office, trying to get a copy of the death certificate because we're trying to track this guy back to his village in Poland where he was born, right? Now, there's no birth, deaths and marriages register from what we understand in Poland. I've got a number of Polish customers and I've run this by them. So the research goes to, um, I've written down this guy's name, which is so difficult to pronounce, (laughs) I gave it to my friend who's an active member of the Polish club in Adelaide. He said someone will definitely know this guy. Gave it to him. 
No response. Three weeks later, I rang him and I said, how'd you go? No, nothing. No one knows anything about these people. But there is no birth, deaths and marriage register in Poland. And because of the war, the only records they've got for who lived in what towns and what regions is by going back to the church records. So he's actually going to Poland in June. So the race is on for me to find the village that this guy was from in Poland to try to establish who his cousins are over there. So why are you doing this? Do you have an interest in the property? No, I don't, but I think it's um, the gentleman that's living in there um, is an actor. He has... Um, I think we can probably name them because it's in the it's in the paper. Just yeah, yeah, people, okay, sure, people want to sure, sure. want to just get a bit of background on the story. It's uh, the squatter is Ian Herridge, and uh, you're going to get to this, but um, he he was backed by a professional poker player, Luke McDonald, according yeah. to the advertiser. So what happened was Ian moved in there. He was on a rough trot, having a rough run, and um, he's an actor, right? As you can see, it's a pretty up and up yeah. and down industry. Yeah, uh, he's been the roadie on a couple of films. <laughs> um, he actually set up. So he moved in. He's split up with his wife, I gather. And I, I think, and I'm putting, I'm making this up, but I think that he used to catch the bus out the front of the property. There's a bus stop there. And he just thought, hang on a minute. <laughs> I haven't seen too many people around yeah. this place for five years. And then he just decided to move in. Now, um, so when I went to market, it was quite interesting because the real estate agents, all the pr- prospective purchasers, which were predominantly the neighbours, um, couldn't get a- access to the property, right? Somehow he's connected the power. How would you do that? Mm. Like, bizarre, isn't it? And... He set up a GoFundMe page for 30000 and this white knight, this gambler, which I think he brokered a deal with to say, look, if we can get to the – so if he's lived there and he can prove he's been living there for 15 years, it's his. Oh, really? Mm. He's been there for two years. So this white knight gambler, and that's probably res- reflected in his risk profile, risk tolerance, he's put up the thirty grand the morning of the auction – the people were all gathered in the hall to buy this property and someone from the council or the real estate agent got up and made an announcement saying the, prop- saying the property is no longer available. They were right. High drama. And he got to stay there. <laughs> right? So the guy, the, the gambler just keeps paying the council rates and Ian keeps living there. Wow. Mm. So, what- but, but, so my interest is, well, I mean, whether it's right or wrong, um, you know, it, it seems weird to have this gentleman claim it as his own when, for one reason or another, language barriers, you know, just physical barriers, getting access to this family over on the other side of the world who have been through wars and, mm. you know, <clears throat> I wouldn't imagine that they would have too many assets. They need to be told the story of, their entitlement on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how many Polish listeners are listening to Accounting Insider? <laughs> you do have a very diverse audience, it has to be said. So, yeah, we've probably got fans in Poland. We probably do. Mm. Um, so, what happens? So, you mentioned 15 years is the marker. Mm. 
Yeah. So let's say that year 16, Polish family finally is made aware of this property that they own. It's too late. Too late. Mm. Gone. Yeah. So when we got to the birth, deaths and marriages today, they wouldn't give me the death certificate. How, how, how did you pitch it to them? That's what so I want to know. It was quite interesting because I was just sitting there filling out the form and I filled it out incorrectly the first time, so I did it a second time because I was actually the applicant. And it says relationship of applicant to the deceased. I'm thinking this is interesting. And the, the examples were spouse, spouse, mother. I wrote accountant. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and so I waited and waited for about 15, 20 minutes in the queue and then I... They gave me a ticket. I thought, okay, well, I've passed first base. And then I went and saw the lady behind the counter and she was a guru and she just picked up the form and threw it back at me. <laughs> and she said, I uh, can't help you. I said, okay. She said, you need to put your reason for requesting this document on your letterhead. And I think, okay, so I've got to go back to the office, type up exactly what I'm trying to say, but on my letterhead. And then it goes to the supervisor and they make a decision on whether I get the document or not. So you're still in with a shot? I am. What's your plan B if it falls through? Well. Tri- no, trip to Poland? Well, no, I want to go and interview Ian. I want to hear his side of the story too. On Accounting Insider? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to hear feedback from our listeners as to, you know, what do you think's right and wrong? Hmm. Is this a waste of time? Am I doing the wrong thing? Because I have spoken to some people and say, you know, this is going to reflect badly on your image because the squatter, he needs the place, you know, and, and you know, it's like Robin Hood taking from the rich, giving to the poor. Yeah. You know, I, 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 don't, don't, subscribe I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to that either. No. Um, he doesn't own it, but I think, look, you know, if no one's in it in the meantime, then it on your ear and have a crack and have a roof over your head. But, but it's, it's almost like because of the privacy rules now, which didn't exist, you know, 10 years ago, it's almost there's a barrier there holding you back from accessing the information that you need to, um, you know, uh, well, not correct this injustice, but, you, you, you know, to a certain extent it is correcting an injustice. Without the death certificate, is there any other way of finding relatives? Well, I tried Facebook, which is usually a really good starting point, but there's not no one with his last name listed there. So it must be that this line has died and the only line would be the cousins, which would have a different last name. What about if you ran some small ads in Polish community newspapers? Well, this is the thing, like, you know, Poland's a big country. I'm not saying run them in every newspaper in Poland. Where do you start? You start with the local community rags, like in Australia. Like the um, messenger. No, 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 no. Like most most, um, communities will have their own type of newspaper like I think there's like a Vietnamese newspaper like there's mm. they have their own papers and newsletters and you can over there no 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 here like you'd start in oh okay, the Adelaide okay, community okay, you, you'd, you'd actually be worth but trying but like tried okay so we can try like the, other states that mm. you you would think that that would not be as successful because as soon as the Polish community in Adelaide doesn't know about it then it's unlikely that Melbourne would if he was from Adelaide you know what I mean 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it's worth a try. Anything's worth a try. Yeah. Hey, you just have to have one strike. But so that so um, if if I'm not successful in getting this death certificate, then Plan B is to contact the government organisation called Public Trustee who administer all the estates that don't have wills. Like by default, they handle them. So they are actually listed on the title. So I could ring them up because I'm effectively working for them. Because if they can't identify who this next of kin is, then they don't even have their fees paid. Mm. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. They just write off the, the, the time on the clock and it goes to the squatter. Mm. So it, I might get some traction there. I can, I, I'm planning on ringing them. And we're talking about this on the way here. I'm planning on ringing them and saying, look, I don't need any personal information. I just need the town this guy was born in. And then we're away. You need someone inside. You need an insider. <laughs> you need someone just to leak a I little bit. I need a polish insider. You need a whistleblower. <laughs> exactly. We'll make a movie out of this. We could. Um, one more thing I want to touch on. Yep. This unrelated to the story. April letter that came out two weeks ago and a lot of people in the property sector have been talking APRA? about it. Uh, yeah. AP, Australian Prudential Regulation Authority. Okay. Um and this is relevant for property owners and a lot of people have been speaking to me about it. It said that basically APRA are going to be examining with a fine-tooth comb any loan that is now at a rate of higher than 80%. Right? So any because you can sometimes borrow properties with 80% borrowing up to 95. That's probably the maximum. And you mm-hmm. pay lenders mortgage insurance. But because of what's happening with property prices skyrocketing in Melbourne and Sydney, um, APRA is very worried that they need to put the brakes on, so they're trying to control the bank in the the ability of them to lend money out, and they're going to they're going to control the banks by saying anyone on a very fine line who's borrowing more than eighty percent and is struggling with serviceability, we're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. So people are wondering whether that's going to make the property prices crash, whether people are going to be able to not pay their repayments, um, whether they're going to banks are going to pull the rug on anyone who's borrowed over more than eighty percent. You know, my perspective is that um, I don't think it's going to be a major factor. I think it's probably just going to make it harder for like your first home buyers to borrow enough to find the deposit because they're usually the ones that are most exposed. So I mm. think it's going to have an adverse effect. They're trying to help yeah, first home yeah. buyers. That's what I thought. Um, but uh, my properties and everyone I'm putting into property, I always try to keep it around 80%. I mean, if property's going up and there, you know, there's um, – so – it really won't affect the conservative property investors amongst us. I don't think we'll do anything to um, hold back control and um, make less supply of funds available. Do you know what I mean? So I think mm. that they're trying to restrict the funds available so that people, um, um, you know, are somewhat limited in their ability to be able to purchase these properties. I don't think you're going to find a property adjustment at all as a result. If I, I think that the the way to do this, you know, the only thing that's going to make property prices crash is taking away negative gearing, right, which they can't do because it's too political and sensitive. So property prices will just continue to go up. I think that they'll find their own limit. You know, they can't go up forever. They'll go up more than they should and there'll be an adjustment back down. You know, so I think that, it'll, you know, deregulation is – as we've found with anything, always works best when these government organisations come in, they artificially mm. um, affect prices, but the market in the end always wins. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying to people is um, I don't think that uh, 
there's going to be too many cheap buying opportunities as a result of this. I don't think it's going to really affect the market at all. I think that um, just go ahead as though um, nothing happened. If you're borrowing more than 80%, just be a bit more careful. Okay. You know? What about um, just while you're on that, what about interest rates? What's well, they're slowly creeping, creeping up as well. Yeah. But they're doing that to um, slow down the growth in the economy. So um, if interest rates are going up, that's a good sure fire sign that your property value is about to go up as well. Okay. Yeah. So basically carry on as before. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Accounting Insider. Connect with Kim at accountinginsider.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.